Let me just get my tabs lined up here. Yeah. Let me just get my Aquaphor settled into <laughs> my skin because my lips are so chapped. Oh, it's all it's day I've been repeating state. Napoleon Dynamite, Dynamite to myself. <laughs> my lips are really bad. It's <laughs> from the school nurse. I know she has like six sticks in her drawer. <laughs> no, can use her chapstick, you sicko. Bye. <laughs> My sister and I used to quote that scene all the time. Uh, so good. I recently watched Napoleon Dynamite. I'm like, dang, I need to make this like a triannual watch. Yeah, that checks out. I That's haven't really seen good. it as an adult. It's it's very interesting because I don't think I've watched it since I was like 10. And I was like, oh, this story makes more sense now. <laughs> what like, part made more know. sense? that there was a story <laughs> like i guess when i was a kid i was just like this is just a bunch of clips strung together <laughs> and the characters are similar but nothing really is going on which That's to a certain so extent is still true but it's beautiful because it makes the mundane so so funny yeah there's something about like stuff like that like the office or like parks and rec or like yeah. napoleon dynamite where it like yeah. makes regular life seem yeah. so much better than it is yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Rough Love Podcast, where we watch Mark Ruffalo's movies, and we talk about him, his hulkiness, his hunkiness, and whatever other fuck-ass characters we meet along the way. Today we're talking about 54, a 1998 film directed by Mark Christopher and starring Ryan Felipe, Mike Myers, Salma Hayek, and Brecken Meyer. Somewhat based on historical events, this movie follows Shane O'Shea in his pursuit of fame and community at the famous Studio 54 in New York City in So first things first, how did you like the movie, Devin? Okay, so here's what I'll say. I started off being like super into it. I was like, this is cool. Like I love films that are like among the like 1960s, 1970s time because I love like always love the costumes, like the set. I think it's so cool when they do it right. And it started mm -hmm. off looking like very right. Like the costumes were mm -hmm. looking good. The set was looking good. Um, mm -hmm. and then there was the there prospect was, of Mark Ruffalo being in the movie yes, was also looking because he good. was in it very early on. I was like, fabulous. I'm loving it. But it took a quick, a quick steep dive down for me in the middle. And then, you know, it came up a little bit at the end, but not really that much. So I, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. What about you? I also, I also didn't love it. I think it was really entertaining to watch and kind of make fun of um things in my own special way um mm -hmm. but i didn't um i wouldn't watch it again i i think mark mark ruffalo wasn't in it enough and he was the most convincing 70s character in the movie i think yes and and terrifying also at the exact same time so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that checks out yeah yeah so <laughs> sorry so uh i think we should preface this by saying we were going into this thinking like, oh, great. Like he's in the first couple scenes. He's going to be throughout the whole movie. We're like, Mark Ruffalo, great. Like mm -hmm. this is going to be awesome to see him in kind of a 70s, 80s style movie. 
Mm-hmm. And boy, living were we wild, wrong. living fast, living fast, living well. But boy, were we wrong. He was in the movie for a total, a total, a total of like three minutes, maybe. Yeah, cumulatively. Yeah. But he, so he sports long hair and a mustache in mm-hmm. like the first time that we see him. And at first, you're like, I wasn't, I, I didn't immediately see it as Mark Ruffalo. Um, oh yeah, recognize him. Um, and he, he had kind of like a, he, he was putting on a New Jersey accent, which I'm not super familiar with, but I guess yes. he was because they were in New Jersey. Shane O'Shea is from New Jersey. He, he kind of shits on New Jersey. Um, as we all really do. Like it. Yeah. As we all do. Welcome to the club. Um, he, he, he's looking for a way out. It's like very clear that he wants to set himself apart from his, um, friends to a certain extent and like his family. So his um, friends, let's say he has two friends. Yeah. <laughs> we say friends is a very, you know, light term because he has yeah. two friends. One of them is Mark Ruffalo and one's this other guy. We don't even, he's not even relevant. We don't even going to bring up his name. Yeah. But what I will say about Mark Ruffalo's character, immediately when I saw him, he looked like this character that Jake Johnson from New Girl uh, is playing. I'm sending you a link in this show called Minx. And oh, he I've heard looks, such good things about Minx. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. But he looks so much like, like, obviously, Jake Johnson's character looks like Mark Ruffalo's character because, let's be real, it's, you know, different. Different time. Um, but I was like, holy shit, he looks like Jake Johnson. I was like, that's cool. Can't wait to see more because I kind of like the grungy look he's sporting. Quickly, yeah. he's quickly he's gone, though. Very quickly. Yeah, so... <sighs> Shane O'Shea convinces his friends to kind of get out and they go to Studio 54 because he hears great things. He's like, it's celebrity, it's glitz, it's glamour. It's, um, you know, maybe it's a way, it's a way in to an elite institution. So Shane drags his friends. The reason that they go is because he says, Shane says to his friends, Mark Ruffalo and whoever, We don't even know their hey characters' guys, names. <laughs> uh, Olivia Newton-John might be there. Because they were like, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden, they're like, Olivia Newton-John. Yes. And then the scene cuts, and they go to Studio 54, where everybody but Shane, like, is um, rejected from the club because yes. they're too busted. <laughs> so it, it's purely also because Shane has that... that- Honestly, for the time period the movie was filmed, that 1998 Justin Timberlake ass ramen noodle hair look. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got that curly, blonde, short hair look that JT was, was spotting while he was in, in sync. Um, mm-hmm. And so he shows up and the Mike Myers character is the owner of the club, plays Steve mm-hmm. Buschel, who mm-hmm. uh, is based on a real character, a real person. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like... He's like, you know what? You can't get in in that shirt. <laughs> Shane's yeah. wearing this and he's ugly like, okay, shirt. I guess I'll leave. And he goes, no, not that shirt. And so Shane's like, oh. And he takes his shirt off and everybody's like, woo! And, and like, Like they've whatever. never seen a scrawny-ass white guy before. Yeah. Yeah, like they've never just... He's so, like, Kendall-like yes. looking in, the like, any... I could not pick him out of a lineup of other people that look no, like that. No, uh, <laughs> But the thing is, it's like, he looks like he's 1990s cute. He's not like 1970s yeah. cute. So I feel like they didn't do a great job of casting for the Shane character, personally. Yeah. 
I yeah, will say. Yeah, I that. do love his 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 um accent though. Like he <laughs> says certain things. And he kind of talks with like with the side of his mouth, which yeah, is really interesting and it's kind of like really bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very uh it's very off-putting. He doesn't do yeah. a great job at the accent. This poor young mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so he goes to Studio 54 one night and then basically five seconds later in the movie he like has a job we don't know the time jumps in this movie are unclear we truly don't know but so suddenly he becomes a bus boy and he starts working we don't see we don't see his friends him and his friends apparently don't talk about how he ditched them or Um, he never sees them again yeah or he just never sees them again which by the way mark ruffalo to his credit he was like no dude like you go like you have fun we're all right like whatever he was a good friend yeah he was like he's like this is you this is all you yeah um so he was being a very good friend. Yes. We don't see him again. And then... We see him again very, very briefly. Yes, very yes. briefly. And he has a t- completely different haircut. And, like, and like we don't even see him and Shane talk. Like, no. I don't think. No, they yeah. don't talk. No. Yeah. So um, Shane gets yes. a job. As a busboy. Yeah. And he starts to learn the, like, more crooked side slash druggy side of Studio 54, but he's also meeting all these celebrities. He's fucking random women. Mm-hmm. You know, he's starting to, he's starting to, like, get into that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and he makes friends with this couple, Anita and Greg, uh, and they, like, basically let him move in with them very quickly. They're like, stay as long as you want. <laughs> and, like, uh, I would never do that, but good for you. Very trusting. Yeah. And so he makes good friends with them. He starts living with them. um, And he uh, quickly becomes a bartender at Studio 54, which is like a very coveted position. Mm -hmm. um, Because Because somebody else quit or whatever. But Mm -hmm. then also he kind of like, uh, he kind of offered Steve Buschel, Mike Myers, um, a sexual act. Which way it was going to go, I don't know. But Mike Myers essentially was like, LOL, you're trying to take your pants off. Shouldn't you be sucking me off? Exactly. <laughs> and then, and like, there, like, there's just a lot of sexual favors and harassment and power plays within this place. And then, like, yes. they don't end up doing anything together. But then Steve Bouchelle gives Shane the job anyway, I guess. Mm-hmm because he tried like it's the thought that counts yeah i don't know and he also walks in wearing this like fringy ass like cowboy jacket yeah so yeah you know there's that um but so he becomes gets mad yes he becomes a bartender at at the cost of his friend greg who took him in who showed him the ropes and basically he beats him out for the job and greg's not happy about that obviously greg's been there for longer he was very loyal uh, to Shane, like teaching him everything he needs to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was pretty screwed up. I would be pissed too. Yeah, and Greg was doing like a bunch of other sh- shady things for Steve with this other like random like Italian mobster. That That's I don't not explained at understand. all. Anthony. Anthony. Yeah, he's Anthony like, and so they like skim oh, yeah. some money. Mm-hmm. uh every night from the register and that money goes to anthony who like just waits outside in a van <laughs> yeah outside the they club bring every- out the garbage garbage yes. bag full of cash 
Yes. So they're like committing fraud by like just taking some money off the pot so that money isn't reported to the IRS. But that's really not explained very well or like it's not looked at at all. They don't go into Anthony's story at all, which I was like, that would be interesting to know about. Yeah. It's like a really, they don't explain that plot, but it's like really in almost the whole like course of the movie kind of leads up to the IRS getting Steve for fraud Mm -hmm. and then they interview Anthony but like you don't see him arrested like you don't really hear anything about him it's just like this unspoken relationship and you see a bunch of the fraud going on but also no backstory to like make it make sense to people who me doesn't understand money <laughs> and I'm like they're taking it out of the registers they got counted at the end of the night <laughs> yeah yeah I mean honestly Sam they like pull up the cash tray and there's like more cash down there and I was like oh okay shouldn't you add that to the cash tray <laughs> yeah I'm like that's where we put the checks that old people give us <laughs> exactly I exactly. guess you just, I mean, and sometimes you put hundreds there sometimes 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 yeah yeah so but I didn't just, Pass yeah. on to that a little bit. Yeah. So basically, uh, as Shane starts to get more involved in the bartending, he also gets more involved in like the drug side of Studio 54, um, in which uh, Mike Myers' character, Steve Bouchelle, is very ingrained. So Shane starts doing acid, he starts doing coke, he starts smoking more weed. Um, and this is stuff that he wasn't into really prior. What are the downers that they're doing? Like, they're so slow that I'm like, that's not coke what are you doing uh, the like they pills? Think they're popping pills but i think like, it's lsd it? really i mean that's what i would think it's either lsd or acid but yeah you're right he is really down for someone who's taking lsd oh wow i thought it was like quaaludes or something like wasn't maybe it like is a party drug in the yeah. 70s uh i think so i'm looking it up crazy <laughs> Okay, yeah, watching you know, this movie as a non-drug user, aside from the occasional marijuana, I don't know anything else. Okay, here's actually this is from the movie Fifty Four. Steve appears drugged up slash intoxicated throughout much of the movie. Occasionally seen taking some sort of pills, po- possibly barbiturates. Barbiturates, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, so I guess barbiturates. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, okay. But anyways, Shane starts getting into the drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, And also he starts getting more famous. He starts getting like some modeling gigs. Yeah. Uh, He's like... He's featured in this magazine and he thinks he's big shit. They call him Shane 54. Um, He's like, he's like really into himself. And he's, yeah, like you said, he's like becoming very promiscuous Mm-hmm. And what I appreciate about this movie is that they they show the dark side of, of um, you know, having kind of casual sex, casual unsafe sex. Yes. Um, in that he he gets chlamydia and he gets the clap. He starts pissing razor blades. So yeah. Okay. So let's describe dead. that scene though. Yeah. So basically Shane's like in the bathroom, walks past his bartender, but he's like, hey, buddy. And he goes into the stall, unzips his pants, starts pissing, and then he goes, <laughs> and his friend like immediately runs over and is like what's wrong pal, oh, pal? by the shoulders he's like what's up buddy 
And Shane's like, my dick, it hurts. Uh, <laughs> and his friend just looks down and goes, you got the clap. <laughs> like, is this guy a doctor? <laughs> I know. And then, like, oh, the next scene that we see, and this will kind of be very important to the development of film and characters. And we will introduce her soon, which I cannot believe I haven't mentioned her. She was my favorite character. Oh, yes. So Shane goes to the pharmacy. Doesn't and- go to the doctor. <laughs> No, we don't think he's to gone farm. to the doctor to get a, a diagnosis or anything. Thanks, Big Pharma. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And he just gets um, antibiotics, I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming they're antibiotics. And all of a sudden, he, he like looks in his wallet and he doesn't have any money. It's like, why did mm-hmm. you go to the pharmacy without any money? Because also, we don't have free healthcare here. Yeah. <laughs> he's also like starting to get rich. He has like a nice car. He's like doing all this yes. stuff. But yet he doesn't have any cash to pay for his medicine. Yeah. He's odd. Yeah, he got his sister's braces, but he can't get himself antibiotics. For, yeah, yeah. For the that he it's like, maybe it. save a little bit of money, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but his guardian angel. Um, one of the characters, her name is Dottie, and also Mona. Dottie is her, like, nighttime alter ego. Mm-hmm. She's this approximately 80-something-year-old, an octogenarian who loves disco and loves doing hard drugs. And disco she loves Dottie. Yes. Disco Dottie. Yes. Um, Disco Dottie is there at the drugstore with her daughter, but she, or granddaughter. She's going by Mona because I guess that's her real name. It wasn't super clear in the movie. She has like different hair and like it's always dark <laughs> where she is. So it's like, is that the same old lady? Can we just assume that? I was like, is that Betty White at first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she palms him cash and she's like, she's like kind of like a knowing look. Like, yeah. And like, we're supposed did. to know that that's her. Yeah. Even though I was like, she has a similar voice. And like, but I was at that point, I was like, what? Who is this woman? So many unspoken things in this movie that it's like, for all I know, that that's his aunt that he hasn't seen in years because he he ditched his family. And I guess, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So being a New Jerseyan and is now a New Yorker. But Mona slash Dottie gets him the pills. He gets all better because he Mm -hmm. takes them. Thank you, modern medicine um and so he continues to go back to his lifestyle mm-hmm. um, we can only assume he's gotten it better because they don't address actually, it again that's true it's never brought up again um but basically like all this trans transformation into being shane 54 is like isolating him from his family because he moved out of the new york new jersey house where his two sisters and his father live um, and his father is very anti-drug, even though that's never brought up or said. We just have to understand and assume it. <laughs> yes, because the sister comes into the car with Shane and she finds the bong. And she also wants to t- take some barbiturates. Um, and she's got braces. And she's like, yeah, thanks for the braces, bro. Like, And then like, it's kind of glossed over that he's like maybe helping his family. But then also like, it's Christmas and he went to go see them. And then his dad's just like through the window. This is the <laughs> second time we've seen him. You see the dad through the window and she's like, yeah, dad's not home. You went to aunt, our, our aunt's house for Christmas or whatever. And he's just clearly in the window <laughs> behind her staring at Shane. So here's, disappointed. Here's the thing. That, okay. So at the beginning of the movie, when we see the dad and the siblings and Shane all having dinner together, my fir- the first thing I wrote down was, wow, it's so great that there's a character with a single father who isn't like a piece of shit, who like he seems to be caring. He seems to be there. And then like very quickly it, he turns into that. I was like, damn yeah. it. Come on guys. Like this yeah. dad's just looking out for his son. 
Yeah, he kind of, at the beginning of the movie, he would, like, kind of try to ask Shane about, like, his day or something like that, and then, like, there was, like, a weird exchange of, uh, like, I don't, I don't know, even know, I had no idea what was It was just, like, silent, yeah. It was silent, he made something about, he was, like, yeah, dad, like, it's not, like, something Korean War, and it's, like, it it almost, like, it's, like, (laughs) was your dad in the Korean War, and you're, like, making fun of him? Like, That's so sad. And, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, but it was like, I don't even remember. I don't even remember like what. Yeah. Man, yeah. I wish I, I wish I had the exact kind of thing, but it was, it was a really weird exchange and it made no sense. But the only thing that we can see is that they have, they have a tense relationship. Mm-hmm. Cause Shane is uh, the black sheep of the family, I guess. Yes. He also steals his dad's car that for that first night to go several, to yeah, before, several times before, really. Before he stole the car, he's like looking at his dad sleeping on the couch or whatever, and and I'm like, oh, he's gonna kiss him on the forehead. Like, he loves his dad, and he's <laughs> so mad about awesome. making a joke about him being a Korean War bit. <laughs> his poor dad. But he didn't. He stole his car. Piece <laughs> <laughs> so of shit. Like, oh, okay, this is how this. This is gonna go. Yeah. So this conti- this cycle of like Shane ruining his relationships continues. He mm-hmm. he and Greg uh become more distant. Um he he just like starts to burn all these bridges. Um also Greg kind of was like suggesting that Shane and Anita, who we gotta get into, um were like he, like Shane was trying to get with Anita. Um, I thought so too, to be honest. I thought it was going to happen. I I kind of did too. They kind of led it up to that. Um, but then it just like never really happened. And then, like platonic, you kind of saw that yeah. she was also just like willing to use her body to like get what she wanted, which is like yeah. a record deal and like, uh, you know, into the, she wants to get into the music industry. Anita, yes. Salma Hayek, hot, amazing, super love gorgeous. her, yes. cannot sing. Mm-mm. I don't know why they didn't use someone else's voice. <laughs> They could have, and they didn't. They sure could have, because she, she, yeah, she's super hot in this movie. Her outfits are incredible. She plays the character really well. Other than that, that's mm-hmm. what I'll say about that. Yeah, yeah, the character, she's she's great. Um, um, but we didn't even get into the whole reason that Shane went to Studio Fifty Four was to meet uh, Julie Black, who's yes. played by Nev Campbell, um, and she looks she's beautiful as per usual. Um, and so after he leaves his, his dad's house on Christmas, he goes to, what does he call it? It's like some like pier or something, some restaurant and, uh, Julie Black, who is, um, like a, a TV star. She's a soap opera star. Thank you. And she's from New Jersey and he's obsessed with her because she is from New Jersey and she, and she's pretty and hot and that checks out. But also because she made it out of New Jersey and he wants to do the and that's yes. where they like connect emotionally yes whatever. and so at this point it seems like they they go to this bowling alley which is apparently immediately after they meet at the restaurant um it's unclear it seems like it's been weeks he's like my girlfriend i'm like you guys just met my guy you yeah. just met and he gave her like a keychain to like remember that first day at the restaurant or whatever and it was uh-huh. like it was just another day dude <laughs> For she's her, literally guess, rich as hell. She liked it. <laughs> she gave it. He gave her a keychain. Did it have like a disco ball on it? Like, what even was that? I don't know. You could barely see it, though. That's yeah. the thing. I um, at first, it was like a mini set of handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> For that time, we did it. <laughs> 
Um, with these mini handcuffs. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So after, after that, he like parades around, he makes up with Greg. Um, he parades around being like, Julie Black's my girlfriend. I'm not going to do drugs anymore. I'm incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, at which point there is a is tragedy. Is that when he throws Bong out, out the window? Yes. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Um, but and then, then, okay, so it's New Year's, right? Yes. Because that New was Year's. Christmas and, actually, and now it's New Year's. Yeah. That, so that timeline adds up a little bit, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So it's New Year's. Mm-hmm. He sees this guy. He's like a TV producer, Roland Sachs, or Roland something. Roland Sachs, I think. Um, and this was, this name was previously at like a few dinner parties, a few like social functions, and then also mentioned by Julie Black because she, like, he's like a big TV guy and she wants to make her way up in TV and film. She doesn't, Mm -hmm. she's not happy with soap operas. Um, and so Shane sees Roland Sachs at the New Year's Eve party. It's not that weird. I, I, th- I think he's there all the time. Yes. But Julie Black is on his arm. Yes. And Shane's like, what? I thought, I thought we, we were had a real going steady. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, again, it's been, you know, like three days. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Roland suggests the three of them have a threesome in not yes. so many words. He's like, let's yeah. all go back to my place for a party of three. It'll just be the three of us. And I'm like. I mean, yeah, do it. But Shane's not down. He's pissed at Julie. Um, mm-hmm. And then... The at, are really hurt. Yes, yes. Um, at, as if the night didn't get bad enough. Exactly, yes. You bring it up. You, you say it. I can't even say it. It's too sad. Yeah. So during Anita's set, and this is supposed to be like her big break, kind of. Like she's performing a song at Studio 54. I don't even like the song, but her costume is awesome. Her costume's awesome. Taylor vibes. Yes. In the middle of her set, we're seeing Dottie dance around as she usually does. Sweet, sweet Dottie who flirts with bartenders and is just a hoot. She's done one too many drugs and she, I guess, has a heart attack. Something overdose on the dance floor and she falls to the ground and the whole party stops. Um, And kind of begrudgingly Steve Bouchel is like yeah I guess turn the lights on so we can see what's going on kind even of. though and she's literally like, dying yeah Shane's like freaking out like he's he's with he's with Dottie he goes Dottie 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 and he goes Mona and then she looks at him and, and it's then like, she it's dies like this like really sad moment and she dies and then they pick her up and they move her off the floor and then they continue their new year the party must continue i guess yeah yes according to steve and shane's like what's wrong with you like she just died like a friend just died he's like no my friend just died you barely knew her she couldn't even tell any of you bartenders apart um like i will cry tomorrow about it but the show must go on Mm -hmm. and then also like a bunch of random things happen and shane's like i quit like fuck you like whatever and he goes Uh into steve's office don't know why oh something about keys like returning his key or something like that because he quit his job Uh so he's trying to leave and rid himself of this job he's also carrying dottie's wig (laughs) that his like his like souvenir of like his time at studio 54 and also of his friend weird weird and yeah he walks into steve's office irs is there they're, they're ransacking the whole place. Mm-hmm. And and Shane goes up to Steve and he's like, they're here. And he's like, aren't, and then Shane's like, Steve, aren't you going to like run? Aren't you going to go somewhere? And Steve's like, where the fuck would I go? And he's like, whatever, like down with the ship, like the captain of the Titanic. 
Um, Honestly, poetic. Kind of, yeah, very poetic. One of the more admirable things that Steve did. Yes. Only. Yes, the only thing, yes. Because we didn't even mention all of the creepy shit that he got up to because I honestly don't have the stomach for it. Yeah, we'll get into a little bit of it, but not too much. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, uh, so Steve is arrested. Um, mm-hmm. Shane leaves the leaves 254 and the party life. He just kind of puts it all behind him. We don't know where he lives. We don't know. He moves out of Anita and Greg's. But we don't know where the fuck he goes. He magically gets into college. Yes, but before that, Devin. Why did I forget? That, do you remember when... He- um, he's walking out of Studio 54 and it's really cold and he only has those little tiny shorts on that the bartenders wear <laughs> and the busboys. And he's he's wrapped himself in a garbage bag and he's cl- clutching Dottie's wig. Yes, and then I Julie forgot. Black pulls up in her in her like limousine and is like, hey, you want to ride? Um, and she's, and she's like, like, yeah, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for how I acted like yeah. an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, she's like, She's like, it's, it doesn't matter to me anymore. As if her whole worldview has shifted in just the, literally the last hour, I guess. Because of this guy she um, met three days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's now wearing a garbage bag. <laughs> and, and has tied it like a little cardigan. <laughs> and has tied it like, like it's a cardigan and he's a prep school boy. Yes. Okay, so then, I'm sorry. Then yeah. Steve gets arrested um, mm-hmm. and we kind of flash forward in time. 18 months to be exact. Oh, yes. 18 months because Steve only gets a year and a half of jail. Um, Which is weird because people have been in prison for decades for marijuana. But this hmm. guy is full tax fraud and is a creep and a half. And he only gets 18 months. Hmm. Not that our prison system works. Hmm. <laughs> and not that any decisions are made that are good. And not like it doesn't hmm. need reform. But if anybody was going to get more time, it should have been Steve. This should have been Steve, that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg but, gets probation or parole or something like that. Greg gets really- parole. He gets out of the drug game, which is good for him because he was selling. He was selling. Um, yes, in lieu of becoming a bartender and making all that cash money. He, he was, was just trying to supply for... embezzled. Yes. The, he was trying to provide for Anita and try to get her... For her career. Yeah, it was very the sweet. subplot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so Shane, like I said, he goes to college, study business. He starts managing a restaurant. I don't know how he's qualified to manage a restaurant, but you know what? Probably a shitty restaurant. Um, and yeah. so he starts building a career, but he's like, I was lured in by the return party of Steve Bouchelle at Studio 54, 18 months later. So he goes back one more time to, uh, you know, see all his friends again, to spend one more night at Studio 54, um, we don't know if him and Julie are back together. We don't know any of that. It's never talked about. His friends never show up again. And it basically just ends with him, like, seeing... Well, Greg and Anita are there at the party. Oh, no, like, no, I hey, meant like... I meant his his friends oh, from... Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, Mark yeah. Ruffalo and his other friend. They're never heard from again. Yeah. 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 Sorry, you mean his, origi- his original... It's his OG friends. friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His yes. OG friends that were there yeah. for his and then, well, we did see him once trying to get into the club again, but it was never, I don't remember the context of that. And he got a haircut and Mark Ruffalo's hair was like really slick. Slick. He looked like Zorro kind of. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like, like oil, like black oil. It was gross, like, honestly. Like yeah. Black. Yeah. It wasn't a good look. I like the long hair better. Uh, but yeah, the movie closes just by saying like, uh, like, yeah, Studio 54 basically went downhill from there. Steve Bouchel died. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like 45 or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's like the brief summary of the film. Yeah. 
it was it was a wild ride with really weird cutaways and transitions. Oh, absolutely. And, and very little context for things. Yeah, so the, yeah. the main thing that was frustrating about the movie was time because mm-hmm. you find out towards the end of the movie that this is taking place from like sometime mid-1979 to 1980, like the mm-hmm. new year, and then the time jump at the end of 18 months. Yeah. But it's like, okay, so all of this happened over the course of like a year, maybe? Mm-hmm. But it's not said. It's not talked about until the end. No. I'd have to watch it again to, to get a, some sort of... I don't even know if they give that information at all. I'm wondering, is there like a newspaper on the table that says like July 1979 <laughs> or something like that? Or I don't know. Maybe something that trash bag has a date on it. In the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why. I just assume it's July. But um yeah, who knows? The time, yeah. It was a very, a, a very confusing film. But what a time to have been alive. Uh, my dad was a big partier in the 70s. And I can, like, only imagine what the cusp of the 70s to the 80s was like. Nobody's, uh, nobody's on their computers or phones. Everybody's living in the moment. But also high on drugs. Oh, yeah. So high. And the, everybody looks like they smell bad. Yes, that is true. Yes. Did your dad ever go to Studio 54? <laughs> no, he was like a little San Francisco boy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I would really love to talk to someone who went. I know. That I'll call him. I'll, I'll ask him. Just by chance, did you go to Studio 54 in New York? <laughs> At um, any point? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, like my life. Just, I just did drugs in the Sunset District. <laughs> that sounds like, a lot better to me, else. to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds a lot more peaceful. <laughs> yeah, more chill. Let's talk about some characters. Mm-hmm. Mike Myers, I'm going to say I'm not a big Mike Myers fan, but I've, I haven't seen Austin Powers for the record. I've never seen it. I haven't really seen any of his movies. I have a soft spot for him only because of Austin Powers, which okay. I'm sure has not aged well, and I have not seen it since I was too young to watch it, actually. <laughs> I mean, Heather Graham, you know, the hottie. Um, but anyways, I, I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff. Um, never really been a big fan of his. I will say he does play the character pretty well. He's and a great character actor. He he is like it's kind of scary the character mm-hmm. to be honest. There's like one scene mm-hmm. where um he's back at his apartment and he's like so drugged out so intoxicated. That, like drugged out and intoxicated that he's like vomiting and like spitting and drooling and like his eyes look it's into like, a pile of money because they have brought yes. this money back to the apartment allegedly for fraud but also just so for him to do like little snow angels <laughs> in on his bed yes and greg has accompanied him to carry the bag of money and also there's like a bodyguard for steve who like literally carried him like a small baby into the yes. apartment and yes. he's just sitting in the corner watching his boss be incredibly intoxicated and also ask greg to suck his dick if he wants to be a bartender here's the line exactly he actually he doesn't want greg to suck his dick he wants to suck greg's dick because he says yes exactly because greg says i'm not gay and then steve mike Myers says i'm not gay either i want to suck your cock yeah and i'm like okay so there's some homophobia there he doesn't like labels i get that he doesn't like labels but also yeah yeah, I don't I don't know what to think. 
about that. Yes, the character the is scene. it's is really scary. Honestly, he like really freaked me out. He barely has his eyes open ever. Yes, he's always drugged up. Mm-hmm. Um, Barbiturates. Yes, uh, and alcohol and cocaine. He seems like he does it all. Kind of a oh. one size fits all kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, let's branch that into Anita and Greg then. Um, yeah. Greg says no, and oh. So yes. Steve says that he admires Greg's loyalty to his wife. He's like, I'm married. I'm married. And he, he admires his loyalty to his wife. Which is good. I mean, he is loyal to his wife. He is the whole time loyal to Anita, um, mm-hmm. who, who has incredible costumes. Selma Hayek's uh, costumes are incredible. She looks fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The two of them as a married couple. I mean, like, it's fine, you know? It's not it's like... a cute relationship. Yeah, but it seems like there's some issues, some underlying issues in that relationship, some communication issues. Yeah, like it issues. almost might not, it almost might be an open relationship, but only on her side. <laughs> it's never talked about, yeah. It's never talked about. She just said, she she starts telling Shane, like, yeah, like, I told him that, like, we could get married, but I need to be free. I need to be free. Yeah. Just for a while, just for the beginning or, like, whatever. Yeah. And so it's, like, be free sexually, like yeah occupationally like what what are you talking about so salma hayek uh said about this movie she said uh that she wished she hadn't made the film and she felt like her part was completely underwritten um but oh. she did say that the film garnered a lot of attention for her mm, um, interesting yeah that is interesting yeah but i mean i don't know like it seems like a pretty All the characters were underwritten because it yeah. wasn't well, well written yeah um, characterization was lacking yeah 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 yeah. i mean it's just like it seemed like the plot was the most important part of the movie was like but it's like you have to have characters in order to make the plot work out you know yeah like, yeah but I, I mean obviously i trust her expertise if she says she was underwritten she was underwritten yeah and it's it's but it's very interesting that she regards making the film it's yeah funny Okay, here is an interesting little clip it too that mm-hmm. I found out. Oh, so director Mark Christopher uh, turned in his original cut in early 1998. Um, the studio action to his rough cut was popular, but two preview screenings in Long Island proved disastrous. Audiences complained that none of the characters were likable and found much of the gay content uncomfortable. That checks out. In particular, the kiss between Ryan Felipe and Brecken Meyer yielded negative reaction. Do you remember them kissing? That's I think so I weird. would though too. Maybe maybe it was cut out. Maybe that was just the first. Yeah, movie. I guess so. Ultimately, the film didn't fare better with critics or audiences. Christopher's original cut became something of a legend among film enthusiasts. There we go. Bootleg mm-hmm. copies of the director's cut circulated for years before an official announcement in 2015 of an official release. Okay, so there was a there was that scene was cut. It seems like, but. Yeah. Would yeah. the movie make more sense with more gay stuff? I think with a bigger relationship between Greg and Shane, maybe, because they seemed very into each other. Yeah, and you know what? What's interesting is that Steve said, well, if you have to... S-, he said basically that Greg got married to Anita early to prove that he wasn't gay. Like, that's what Steve insinuated. Mm-hmm. So now that makes a lot more sense if there was a different story sub storyline that had to be taken out Mm. that's really that's really interesting yeah 
That is. Um, it sounds like also here, uh, Ryan Felipe says he was not a fan of the film. He didn't like the way the producers gutted a bulk of the, f- of the film's sexuality and drug taking content, which I'm like, there was still a lot of it in there, my guy. There was a lot. He just passes by this couple having sex. And then like, he has really... sex. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a lot of very stuff. interesting. But no gay kissing. God forbid. Yeah. Um, okay. They're like, talk- that's a sin. And you're like, these people are <laughs> these people are literally doing crazy amounts of drugs and harassing each other. And that's the sin? Yeah. That's the bad part. That's where you draw the line. Two dudes kissing. That checks out though. It's 1998, <clears throat> you know. Ugh. So, you know, glad, that makes sense. Glad I wasn't there. Well, yeah. Glad I was introduced on the scene only then. Oh my god, apparently there's a Trump cameo. <gasps> what? There's I can't believe only, I didn't notice it. There are it. so many Trump cameos in, in 90s the 90s sound. Yeah. Little Rascals, um, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, mm-hmm. to name but a few. Wait, wait, I didn't see him either. What was Me he? either. It doesn't say. It just says that. Uh, but that is interesting. Um, okay, here is something that I found this and I was like, oh my god, this movie would have been so much better. Shane O'Shea, someone who was considered for the role, James Marsden. I think he would have been so much better. I'm not familiar. Let me Google. Oh, he's been in so much stuff. Oh, Um, duh. Oh, duh. I think he would have been a lot better. He's he's one of those those actors that you might not know the name of. um, But I mean, he was in like Hairspray. He's been like the Sonic movies. Enchanted. Enchanted. Yeah, he is in the Sonic movies. Sonic the Hedgehog? Yes! Oh my god. Okay, you need to... I haven't seen them either, but you need to 27 get... 27 Dresses. Yeah, he's been he in a lot in a of notebook, stuff. that's right. Yeah, he's the, he's the guy. Her, her like, he's person she's betrothed. You know, I think to. I always get him and Harry Connick Jr. mixed up. Mm. But I think a young James Marsden, like, just, like, acting-wise, would have been a lot better in this role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a much better actor. Um, yeah. But what are you going to do? Um, okay. We got to talk about Dottie. We got to. Um, here is, here's a little, little backstory. Mm-hmm. Disco Dottie is based on Disco Sally. Born in 1900, she earned her moniker through the dance crazy, the crazy dance moves she brought to Studio 54 during her widowhood. The grand matriarch of nightlife, known for her wild dancing, even at an advanced age, was the ultimate club kid. She was the hype girl. Yeah. And, like, she was truly the best part of the movie, in my opinion. Um, Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. She's always just like, give me the fucking drags. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, and she's like, talk to the bartenders, like, don't you want to fuck me? And like, (laughs) Yeah. And she has all this confidence because she's such a baddie. Yeah. And she, she is by far my favorite character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not in it enough. Like, she should no, really be in it more. She needs, she needs her own prequel, <laughs> I think. Yes! I would watch it. I think it. she really deserves it. And she, w- she was in the... She was, like, scattered throughout the movie. She was a constant. She was... Mm-hmm. She was just like this like fun person that was yeah. there. And she she made she made how much fun Shane was having like almost make sense. Mm-hmm. Like like the fact that he loved this lifestyle so much. And then you see her and you're like, oh yeah, okay. 
Yeah. So like he, I don't know. I feel like he, and he really apparently got very attached to her. That was not established enough in the film. Nope. So he got very attached to her. Yes. Um, and they were, they were good friends and they did, they did some dancing together and, you know, she paid for his chlamydia antibiotics and whatnot. And so they had like a rapport, but he, and he, it, he took her death really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said before. Um, yes. As did I though. Honestly, that was hit me deep. Yeah. But she, she died doing what she loved. <laughs> Go out with a bang. Way to go. And she did live to be like 80 or so, you know, considering all the drugs she was doing. That's pretty good. Yeah. And she saw the 80s. She she did. She made it to the end of the night on New Year's Eve, I think. What a queen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. She was my favorite character. Least favorite character? Shane. I hated him. What about you? One dimensional. One dimensional. Yeah. One dimensional. Besides Steve. I mean, at least Steve had, you know, some things, but. Shane was, they didn't, they didn't develop his character enough. Um, it's like, yeah, you're the black sheep of your family and you've kind of left them for like whatever reason. And you don't like New Jersey also for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> and also like now you're dating like this woman, but like maybe just the idea of her because he was just obsessed with Julie Black, the actress. Yes. Was, she, was he just clinging to an idea? He was just chasing fame, I feel like. And it's like, yeah. grow up. How old were, how old even was he? We don't even know. Yeah, that's true. We don't know. I guess out of high school, but like. We don't know. We don't know. We don't, we know. don't know. That's never established. Never. He could be 12 for all we know. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Felipe at that time could have been played a 12 year old. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. He's so young looking. Yeah. And they, they make so many jokes poking at his intelligence, which like, it's <laughs> honestly not that obvious that he's like like he's naive but it's not obvious that he's like dumb like yeah. they call him a troglodyte which i learned from the movie means like caveman mm-hmm. which is like kind of an insult to cavemen because they were actually like really smart but like whatever i digress well there's a lot of stereotypes about cavemen and neanderthals that i can't get into right now <laughs> but like he doesn't he's not like immediately like dumb but like yeah. he's, people are always making fun of him for being dumb, having the body, but being dumb. And yeah, like it I kind of checks out, but it's not automatically known through just like events. It's more like people are telling you through dialogue that he's mm-hmm. dumb. Um, okay, here's another interesting thing. Uh, Ian Schrager, the co-owner of Studio 54, along with Steve Rubel, is never mentioned in the movie. It was a deliberate strategy since at the time of the movie's release, Schrager was still alive. In an attempt to avoid any lawsuit by Schrager, he was considered he in case he considered his depiction as negative or unfavorable. Oh, interesting. Wait, is his name is the guy's name Steve? Have we been calling him Steve Bouchelle? Was that a, a fake name for Steve Rubel? I guess so. No, I think it is Rubel, and I've just been We've just been saying Bouchelle. Because <laughs> I was thinking about Steve Buscemi, I think. I know, I knew it. I knew it. I was like Steve Buscemi. That's so funny. Okay, that is so literally Steve happens Rubel. to me all the time. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, okay, one more interesting fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film was released the same year as yet another disco movie, The Last Days of Disco. A production of that film was accelerated in order to get it released before 54, which it beat to theaters by about three months. Was it a better movie? Um, let's see what the rating was. Because it'd be kind of funny if they sped up production, but then they saw the movie and they were like, oh, there was no competition. Uh, it got a 6.7 out of 10. So I guess it's a higher rating. Oh, actually, it's what? about the same. Oh, okay. 
interesting a little bit better but but it's crazy i've never heard of either of those movies so before now same but the rating on imdb for 54 was 5.8 out of 10 rotten tomatoes 15 percent nice and low um Mm -hmm. what do you give it um what's our ranking scale again uh i think i did a a 10 right or did we do it at a five i honestly don't remember (laughs) we could just change it every time that's fine okay i give it like I give it um, a, 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 a five out of 10 because I can make anything fun and I can make anything entertaining, really. Yeah. Um, and the movie, I guess, was entertaining to watch and for me to just like be like, what the fuck is going on? It was entertaining, but at the same time, I kept like pausing it or checking how much time was left on it because I was like, uh, yeah, like- it was a lot. It felt like a very long movie. It was and definitely also, like, only be so long, but there was nothing <laughs> even going on. Yeah, there was definitely only like an hour and a half, but it seemed like it was like two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, it was a long film. Yeah. And like, I just loved making fun of Ryan Felipe's like accent and like the way he talks. Oh, yeah. He was, like, now knowing that James Marsden was considered for the role, I'm like, you guys really screwed yourselves here. This could have been so much better. I think they were just trying to capitalize on his fame from, was it Cruel Intentions? I honestly don't know. Cruel Intentions came out, oh, no. Cruel Intentions came out in 99, so they weren't even capitalizing on it. What else Mm. has this guy been in? Was this his first film? He was like, in, no, he was in, he was in a couple I know of what things. you did last summer, which is like a famous movie, right? And Matlock. <laughs> What's Matlock? Oh, it's a TV show from the 90s. Oh. I, don't um, know. I know what you did last summer would probably be the thing he was known for most. Yeah. yeah. Is Crimson Tide a... I don't know. Famous movie? I don't know. I don't know. Um, he was married to Reese Witherspoon? Oh my gosh, Ryan really? Ryan Felipe was married to Reese Witherspoon from 1999 to 2007. How did I not know this? Reese, you could have done so much better than him. Yeah. I mean, I guess she she is because she's no longer married to him. Right, right, But right. yowza, I did not know that. Dang. Okay, I give this movie a 5 out of 10 also. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... It could have been better, but it also could have been worse. Yeah, a nice middle. And you know what could have made it better? More Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was Mark so disappointed Ruffalo. that he wasn't in it more. So disappointed. Yeah. Do you think we should do more homework on the on the Mark Ruffalo ness of these movies, or should yes. we just? Yeah. You know, everything I think, has to be seen. I, I think from here on out, too, like he's gonna, he's gonna start being in stuff more because he's starting yeah. to get more famous at this point mm-hmm. this point being in 1998 so yeah i think from yeah. here on out he's gonna start being in things more but we should definitely start choosing things that he's more of a like leading man in yeah absolutely but it was good I to see him about ryan felipe anymore <laughs> god i know i know mark ruffalo is such a superior actor mm-hmm. if only yeah. they knew if and- only like rejecting Mark Ruffalo from getting into Studio Fifty Four because Ryan Felipe was hotter. Mm-mm. It's like okay, sorry, your standards are whack. Your standards are fucked up. Yeah, nobody would believe that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. The last believe nobody let Mark Ruffalo into a club. <laughs> the very last thing I need to say about this movie. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where Anita is teaching a dance class, and yeah, uh... what? That's like never <laughs> even 
brought up until she's in the dance class and he's like shane's like oh by the way she teaches dance class to make it by or whatever and there's this everyone knows him in the dance class this is like how to get into studio 54 a dance class basically mm-hmm. um and this kid comes up to shane and he goes hey shane do the splits and shane says <laughs> you <laughs> And Shane says, you do it, Mario, because he knows the kid's name, apparently, and Mario does it, and then he fucking rips his pants. <laughs> it's like Don't 10 years sure old. doing the splits. He just jumps out, of, jumps out, out of frame doing the splits. You just hear the pants rip. It's, it's like freaking Spongebob funny- rip my pants moment. It's like so funny. It was such a funny scene i like that was my favorite scene almost no place in the movie except <laughs> it made the movie great yeah. that's what got it from a four to a <laughs> five <laughs> out of ten yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah Dottie and mario yep yeah but i will say this movie was better than mirror mirror 2 um so my ranking thus far is 54 and then mirror mirror 2 i don't know about you yeah Actually, I think Mirror Mirror is is on top for me. Oh my god, you watched it another time. That's right. Yeah, because well, because I think that it was just so ridiculous, and it, the the way that it 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 just did things was so funny to me in a way that Studio Fifty Four was like not as good. Mm-hmm. And maybe it technically had more merit as a film, but just for <laughs> me personally, Mirror Mirror Two just brought something to the table. You know what? I love that. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's valid. If Mirror Mirror Two had Dottie instead <laughs> of Marley. I might have, I might have enjoyed it a lot more though. Oh my and god! Honestly, would I would believe in her more as a character. Absolutely, that would make the movie way more watchable. <laughs> Disco Dottie, Disco Marley, life in the mirror. Oh my god! Okay, do you have any last thoughts about it that you want to talk about? No, I don't. Well, prequel for Dottie. Prequel for Dottie. Prequel for Dottie. Justice for Dottie. She needs a prequel. She needs. We need more of her life story, um, yeah. and, and the drugs that she was doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But, uh, yeah, this was an okay movie. I'm really hoping that we're going to get to some better stuff here in the not-so-distant future. Uh, But until then, keep it rough. Keep listening. Keep it rough. (laughs) Ah! How do you say it? Philip? I was going to say Philip. Ryan, I think... Ryan... I can look on. it up. I feel like... How do... Hey, Siri. <laughs> how do you pronounce Ryan... Ryan Philippi? <laughs> okay. I found this on the web for how do you pronounce Ryan Ryan Philippi. Check Ryan, it out. Ryan, Ryan. Ryan. Philippi. She said Philippi. Philippi. Yeah, but does Siri really say a lot of things, right? No, not really. So hold on. How to pronounce Ryan Felipe correctly? Oh, thanks. Hold on, no. Well, it's like a bunch of like. We are looking at how to pronounce the name.
of this American actor, as well as how to say more unclear celebrity names in English. How do you go about pronouncing it? Ryan, that you already knew. And no, it is not Philippe. Is it Philippe? Rather, Philippe. Philippe. Again, 